Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. But great guru, how you been, Russ? I'm good, mate. Me and Maddie stuck here in the fucking trenches whilst you're <laughs> living it up in the desert. Unbelievable, mate. It is seriously beautiful, but it's also seriously hot. <laughs> so if we have to move inside, we have to move inside. Uh, but until then, uh, I wanted to give you guys a view. But how's it? What's a what's it been like over there? The great Gurino with uh, the the news dropping that Cam Munster has signed, re-signed with the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, some huge news over the last few days. Obviously, headlined by Cam Munster. I uh, I probably hoped for the sake of rugby league, you'd end up at the Dolphins, but uh, Melbourne Storm, geez, they've done well here. Uh, and, you know, we spoke about, obviously, this system the Panthers are building, mate, and when you keep Munster, Harry Grant, Pappy, Husey together for the next few years, they're going to be a scary prospect once again. Just as we think they're starting to dip, they re-sign the game's biggest superstar. i got I got to ask both of you. Did this surprise you? Because this this blew me off my chair. I couldn't believe it when the news hit. I was 99.9% sure he was going to go to the Dolphins. Were you guys shocked? Mate, I was absolutely shocked. And it, it proves that you just, the storm, every time you count them out, they find a way. I, I, every time I say, okay, I think they're done or they might need a year to rebuild or they're going to lose Cam Munster, finally the salary cap has put enough pressure on them that they have to lose one of their big three. And then they don't lose one of their big three. They do it every single year, year after year. Like when you look, when you really look at what they went through last season, and then you look at their squad and the fact they've got a lot leaving. Like, yeah, it wasn't the best year, but also what we're talking fifth in a bad year. Yeah. Pretty incredible stuff. And I mean, like, uh, I, I won't talk for you, Kemi, but mate, every whisper and rumor I've heard over the last few weeks, none of them have included Cam Munster staying at the Melbourne Storm. It's been, no. it's been so many other clubs and so many other outcomes. And even listening to, you know, when, when, when Braith and Astor talked, like, I sort of felt like he, it, the, the way that he was talking about it, I thought, I'd, he's gone. He will not be staying there. No way. So to see Melbourne pull it off, unbelievable stuff. Uh, just quickly, boys, I'm going to have to go inside, not because I'm hot, because this uh, laptop is frying up. So give me two seconds. <laughs> all good. Give me two seconds. All good, all good. <laughs> Jesus. But at least I got to see the view, baby. Whew, look at that. Oh, my God. So good. Fuck, look at that pool. 
yeah. So I'm talking about boys. I tell you what. I tell you what. So Denon, you're in Dubai. My girlfriend was in Dubai last week. So the two people that I probably talked to the most <laughs> have both been in Dubai for the last two weeks, and it's fucking La Nina here. <laughs> uh, that's uh yeah that is heartbreaking that is heartbreaking yeah i agree boys i thought monster was absolutely gone for all money and again it just shows that the melbourne storm's ability to retain who they want to retain is is almost unmatched like i know the roosters to a degree can really retain who they want to retain but with the storm the last 20 years have they ever really lost a player they needed to keep or they could keep I know Greg Inglis was gone because of obviously salary cap restraints, but Israel Folau maybe outside of that they they don't lose players. It's absolutely incredible, and they don't pay overs to keep those guys either. Like it looks like for, for the money that it sounded like the Dolphins are willing to pay Munster. Jeez, it sounds like the Melbourne Storm have got themselves a cracking deal there. Oh, massively! And it's what's really interesting is that the final um the final amount that got reported was one point four. So we were pretty close. Yeah. I think people yeah, we said one point five a year ago. That's crazy. Yeah, we said we said we reckon he'll go as high as one point five, and that was when a million dollars was it. But that was just the demand that they needed. Well, let's talk about the Dolphins real quickly. Oh man, what a loss for the Dolphins! What an absolutely massive loss. What do you reckon, Guru? Yeah, I reckon it's going to really hurt them. And then we'll talk about it in a minute. But you obviously had the Ben Hunt news as well. Just another dagger, another at least a Queenslander that maybe that they could have had a crack out there um, for both of them to come off the market. Uh, mate, wh- where do they go to from here? I It would be devastating for them. And, you know, it has been a bit rocky the entire time, but uh, I don't think there's a world where they saw themselves this close to the start of next season with out of superstar and with so many superstars not available for them as well, that they're in a tough spot now. Oh, absolutely. And and look, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, I'm sure that they were promised by certain players and those players may have gone back on their word or whatever. I'm not, I'm sure, but I, I can, I can guess that may have happened, but I will say regardless of what they say, you know, we'll wait for the right guy or whatever. And, and this is to take nothing away from how hard it would be. It would be super hard. I don't think the NRL does enough for starting clubs, not, not even close to enough. But at the end of the day, like this is this is really that they haven't. If you're going to say was it a pass or fail mark for recruitment, they've probably haven't hit the mark that they wanted to hit going into 2023. No, for sure. And like I, I feel like we keep on hearing they're you know waiting for the right guy. Mate, for me, I feel like right now they don't need the right guy. They need a guy. They just need yeah. someone to be the face of this place. I mean, you look at when the Gold Coast Titans started. Like, I still remember when I first saw that Preston Campbell was going to be the face of the Titans, and it was just so fitting. I thought they absolutely nailed bringing Presto to the club. Backed it up with Scotty Prince, Luke Bailey, these sort of guys. I'm looking at the Dolphins. If you said to me who's the face of it right now, mate, I really don't know who I'd go with. Jesse Bromwich, maybe? I don't know. I mean, Hamiso, the Hammer? Because, like, I've been listening to some interviews. Um, <clears throat> footy never sleeps, Guru. I might be in the middle of a desert, beautiful place, but I've been, I've been staying up on the footy. Listen to a lot of uh, interviews, and every time they've kind of been like, oh, how devastating is this to lose months? So they've been very, you know, respectful and like, look, all good. Things happen. We need to move on. But they've always brought up, we did get Hamiso this week. Mm. So I think, you know, Hamiso's gone from a really good young signing for them to oh, he is the superstar signing, even though I know he's played Origin, but I don't think he's at superstar level yet in regards to what he's done in the game just yet. He may get there, but he's probably not going to be there. I think for the Dolphins, though, they need him to be a superstar next year. Now that they have signed um, 
Hamiso, like, geez, if, if I was Wayne Bennett, I think I would be ringing Billy Slater and saying, how much will it cost you to just come up here two or three times a week or send him down there, whatever it might be, because he's, he's such a raw, fantastic talent, but there are a lot of aspects to his game that he definitely needs to improve. And, you know, if you are going to be a superstar fullback in this game, you need to be able to ball play like a 5'8", essentially. And I, I don't think he's got that in his game right now, but... Just, you've just got to pair him up with someone that can that can teach him and guide him. And, I mean, if I was ringing Billy Slater, I'd be saying, hey, it's in your best interest as Queensland Maroons coach that this guy turn into the superstar that we need him to be as well. So I definitely think that Wayne Bennett needs to make some sort of a move there, find someone to help him uh, because, I mean, he has got this just this incredible potential. If nothing else, the raw speed, if you can add other things around that, he, he could be a true superstar. It's interesting. I agree with you because – there's only one man in the NRL, in my opinion, that has a 100% strike rate with the position they play in, and it's Billy Slater. There has not been a single player under his tutelage that hasn't gone on to be one of the best players in the game. I would be – now, look, I don't know what salary cap they have on their football department, but if there was some way to pay him outside of that or as an advisor to something of a board or I don't know what they're called, Guru, I don't know what's going on with all that kind of business stuff. But if there's some way – honestly, you'd almost say name your price, wouldn't you, to get Billy Slater there to help him? Mate, I was just about to say, as crazy as it sounds, you would almost pay the wage of – another player to be able to get Billy just up there because you need Hamiso to be a superstar now. There's no two ways about it. He can't be a 7 out of 10. He needs to be a 9 and 10 out of 10 every week, in my opinion, for this team to really compete in this competition. So, mate, I I, I think you're into sort of blank check territory just to get Billy around and to help him. Yeah, I agree. I really do agree. And what's crazy is like – and then we look at his origin record. First origin, first coaching ever, gets the job done. Kalen Ponga had the game of his series. I mean, sorry, the, the game of his life and the series of his life under Billy Slater. So if I'm the Dolphins, I am literally like, I know this sounds crazy. I'd honestly consider five to 700,000 a year. I know, I know that sounds absolutely mental and everyone's going to be like, are you off your head? But look at this guy's strike rate. Mate, it sounds absurd. But it sounds absurd in any other situation ever in the history of rugby league, except for this one, where to me it makes complete fucking sense. You got to do something. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have Cam Munster there to help Hamiso, you know, you know, come through the ranks as a fullback. What's really interesting, like that the Dolphins are in though, is that I think nearly every pundit in the game doesn't really know what position Hamiso is. Now, I think the fact that Munster's not there, it's forcing him into that fullback position. But again, it's just that extra added bit of pressure of is he a center? Like, you know, that's where he played origin. So it's really interesting times. Now let's just go quickly back to Munster. I, it's, it's so interesting because I could have sworn to you two to three years ago, he will finish his career in Queensland. I would have said it on the podcast. Everyone listening would have been like, so first of all, I was absolutely wrong. Got that absolutely wrong. But second of all, I wonder, does it say anything about Bellamy and how long he's going to stay on? Yeah, quite possibly, mate. There's a few ways to read into it. Does it say something about Bellamy and how long he's going to stay on? Or, you know, is the fact that he's not going to the Dolphins, does it maybe indicate that a lot of these players are looking beyond that two years past Wayne Bennett? I think that's a factor a lot of players would be considering. But, yeah, Craig Bellamy, I mean, if you're going to sign there, you know, and extend for that long with the rest of that spine, it makes me wonder if uh, Bellamy's, you know, time is actually coming to an end or not. I, I think it's an interesting one. I, I can't see Bellamy retiring if he doesn't make a grand final. 
You know, I, I can't. Could you imagine him bouncing out the first week and retiring? No, I'll tell you the other thing with Bellamy, and you know, for all that he's achieved and all the fantastic things he's done, the one thing that he hasn't done is win a back-to-back premiership. And you know, I, I think there'd be part of him that would sit in there and go, and, "Fuck, Ivan Cleary's been in this game for eleven years. He's done it now. Robinson's done it. Bennett's done it. Like all the other guys you put into the same category of Craig Bellamy as far as greatest coaches ever, they've all done it." It's still the one thing that he's got to tick off, and I reckon that'd be a serious itch for him as well. Especially now that it's been done twice, and you know, it's hard to argue that Bellamy hasn't been the best coach of the last twenty years at the very least, and yet he doesn't have a back to back. And now that it's not Mission Impossible, it's happened twice in the last six years. It can be done. It, it could potentially happen for the third time in a row, and I think it'd hurt him even more that what he's almost done it on five occasions. I would guess off the top of my head, like he's been so close on so many occasions. And not been able to do it, so it, it, it's for, for me. It's the it's the last thing that Bellamy's got to got to tick off. And I'd be surprised. I mean, he, he can't coach forever, obviously, and it's hard <laughs> to go back to back. But I don't know. With this monster resigning, it makes me think that he is going to hang around a little bit longer than what um, the narrative is that has been sold to us. Just just can I jump jump in for a sec? I just when you were speaking about Billy Slater winding up, winding back a little bit, I found this quote from Ryan Pappenhausen. This is from mid twenty eighteen. So this is a year before he even debuted, and this is talking about Billy Slater. Slater was playing fullback at the time and Pappenhausen was what fourth fifth in line he's like Billy Billy is unreal he's really helpful with all the little things that nobody ever thinks of we go out before training and we play little novelty games and he gives you tips here and there he just makes you he just he's a person that just makes you listen to him so like that was yeah. a year before Paps was like no one even knew who he was then and he was behind like in this article Jerome Hughes is the second fullback so it just shows and, and look where look where Ryan Papenhausen is now. He's one of the premier fullbacks in the game. So, yeah, it's a fantastic point about Billy Slater that I didn't think of at all before this. But, yeah, I'd be throwing, throwing everything at him. Why not? You have to. I mean, and we haven't even mentioned Scott Drinkwater. Scott Drinkwater. There's another one. And before Drinky, I mean. you had their two halves that were gun fullbacks as well, Husey and Munster. Like, the list just goes on and on. It's crazy down there. Oh, yeah. Um, now, just quickly on the Munster situation. Uh, first of all, just a, a really interesting little. Um, I think you can Google it, but they did. There was it was. I don't know what it was. It's like there was fifty years ago or something along those lines. They couldn't break a certain time in the mile, and scientists did all this science, and they were like, "Oh, you know, um, it's physically impossible. It can't be done." And then all of a sudden, a bloke broke the mile after not being able to do it for like a hundred years or whatever. And then after that it just kept getting broken over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's it's almost similar to the back-to-back thing. It's like it gets broken and then it just, boom, straight again. It's so much so that I don't even think Penrith are getting that much credit for the back-to-back. It's almost like, oh, yeah, just another premiership. Crazy stuff. Yeah, mate, it's unbelievable. It's similar to, you know, a couple of years ago when, you know, you had your Fergusons, your two of Arsenal Sheks that ran for 300 metres for the first time. We all sat there and went, that's unbelievable. Like, you see blokes run for – Peter Hickey ran for 300 metres at centre a few weeks ago. I didn't even notice. Well, bloody Manu ran for 400 metres in the uh, New Zealand Tonga game. Yeah. Um, now, just quickly uh, with Munster, you know what I th- I've been thinking about this uh, quite a lot over the last few days since it happened? I think a big factor in him re-signing is I think there's a big, not chip on his shoulder because that's got a, such a negative content, uh, connotation to it, but I really think there's a big part of him that says, I need to win a premiership to show that I just wasn't a part of Cam Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk. I really think that he – that it's – I mean, he's competitive, so it stings him a little bit because he doesn't want to go down in history as a really good six, but without Smithy, Conk, 
Cronk and Slater, he couldn't get the job done. I, I really think that might have been a big factor. What do you reckon, Guru? I agree, mate, 100%. And, and this was one of my factors why I thought he, he might want to leave was because – I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything the Munster can do that can elevate him above those three. I don't think there's anyone that any, anything that anyone could do at that club that could elevate him above those three. But obviously, Munster, he's chosen to stay there, and we know how competitive he is. He's shown it over the last few years. And, mate, I definitely think it would be a huge thing for him. Like, the Melbourne Storm, they, they won a premiership before those three arrived. They won so many when they were there. I mean, if they come out of that period without a premiership over the next few years, like, oh, I think it'll be pretty telling on the careers of... Craig Bellamy and Cam Munster as well. So, mate, there, there, there's a lot of drive there, I think. I agree with you. Yeah, and I think you're right, Bellamy included in that argument of, you know, he came to the club a year after Cam Smith debuted. And so I think there's a driving force there of the, of the guys like Munster, Hughes to a degree, but definitely Bellamy and Munster that are sitting there going, we are one of the best in the game still, and we want to prove it. We want to prove to everyone that although Cam Smith's the GOAT, Although Kronk's one of the best sevens we've ever seen, you know, although Billy Slade is, is one of the best fullbacks we've ever seen, we still can take this to the next level or the next generation of rugby league. I think that would be a big, big factor in this. For sure. And like you have a look at their record over the last few years since Smith retired, the reality is they haven't won a sudden death game since he retired. Yeah. So it's starting to stack up. Yeah. And I mean, it's not easy to win sudden death games, but it has been for the Melbourne Storm for the last 20 years. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. And and the thing is, is it becomes one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. Prophecies. If they go out again, you know, the, the tough thing is, is they had all these injuries this year, but no one remembers that. In the grand scheme of things, in a few years, no one goes back, oh, they had 15 long-term injuries, the most in the comp in 2022. And so let's say 2023 rolls around, they roll into finals and Munster and P- Paps goes down, knock touch wood or, or whatever, all of a sudden, it's now three years of winning, of, of losing sudden death, and, and it really becomes, a, oh, shit, like our big games aren't our big games anymore. And that's, that was a thing the Storm had over any other club. They were a big game team. Like they, I cannot remember a time when the Storm rocked up in a big game and got towed up. Yeah, and when you're talking about the best of the best as far as players and teams, there are no excuses. You just have to make it fucking work with what you've got. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, yeah, it is going to be interesting over the next few years because that uh, – I think the Cameron Smith shadow, it's getting bigger and bitter, uh, bigger and bigger the longer he's gone. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, and also, so Wayne Bennett came out and he was disappointed with Munster not uh, giving him a call to say that he, he wasn't coming. Um, look, I get where Wayne's coming from. I really do. I, like, for me personally – I've always, like, I remember when um, I was promised to start uh, at the Broncos and, like, if I re-signed, I promised to start uh, the year, the, like the 2008 year, and then uh, Reese Robson came along and he started round one. And I remember, you know, having to almost hype myself up to go and sit down to Wayne and go, mate, you promised that I'd start and I haven't started. Um, so I understand how hard those conversations can be. I really, really do. It's not, not it's... It's awkward. It, you feel bad, even though this is a bit different because I was the one that you know had something promised. So I don't want to take anything away from the fact that these conversations are tough. But I agree with Wayne. You got to have these conversations. You, uh, Munster should have called Wayne and said, you know, mate, I'm not coming. Really appreciate the uh, the interest. Um, now Munster has come out and since said, like you know, uh, I understand why he's disappointed. I'm going to give him a call, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, look. I just think Munster maybe just wasn't thinking that much about it. You know, maybe you didn't think Wayne wanted him to call him. I'm not sure. What do you reckon about uh, Wayne's comments? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I agree with Wayne as well. And without knowing their relationship too well, I mean, for me, it was pretty evident during that 2020 Origin Series that they had a very positive relationship, a very good one. You could see how, you know, they were embracing each other after those games and how, you know, Wayne simply got the best out of Munster. I mean, at the moment, when, when we look back at Cameron Munster's career and, you know, we've spoken about this with Nathan Cleary, that he doesn't really have that origin moment that separates him from others. Munster does in 2020, and I, I think he's got a lot of that to thank. You know, for to to Wayne Bennett, I I don't think that the, the Maroons would have won that series if they didn't have him as the head coach, and I don't think that Munster would have played as well as he did if Wayne Bennett wasn't there. So, I, I was a bit surprised that Cameron Munster didn't make this phone call. Um, but mate, unfortunately, it seems to be coming a bit of a common trend with, with, with the Dolphins and and just with signings in general nowadays. I, I'm shocked at how many people come out and talk about that. Phone calls weren't made and whatnot. I know we all make mistakes and it is what it is and, and Munster's come out and owned it, but it really has surprised me. I, I Yeah. Just sorry. sorry. Um, with Munster, yeah, obviously I agree that he should have made the phone call, but do you think Wayne's comments were mostly upset that he didn't get a phone call or do you reckon there's a little bit of frustration there that he hasn't landed that big fish yet? Oh, I think it's a mixture of both for sure. Like there's no denying he'd be frustrated, especially when there's been, you know, leaks about other players agreeing to come and basically you know, allegedly backflipping or whatever. I will say though, like, you know, and I know some people go, oh, Dan, you always defend the players. I'm not defending the player. I, I would have that conversation. I have had those hard conversations. I had one with Wayne Bennett, I had one with Ivan Cleary. I will have the hard conversations. But I will say that, you know, clubs don't do themselves any favours because for, for every time we hear about a player not calling the club, how many times has players found out in the newspaper that they're, that they're under pressure mm-hmm. to get, get let go and they go to the club and then the club says, oh, no, no, don't know what you're talking about. And then in a month's time, they're literally gone. You know, so, like, it goes both ways. Not, I'm not talking about Wayne specifically because I don't know his, his thing. I'm just talking clubs – I'll put it this way. Both parties are guilty of creating an environment where you go through managers. And I think that, you know, clubs could be better and players could be better in making sure they have the conversation so that we don't have these situations where players are, you know, agreeing through a manager or kind of agreeing or whatever. Um, But, you know, all in all, I think Munster should give him a call. Is it a big deal? No, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, But I do think – I like that Munster came out and owned it. I I respected that. I was like, you know what? He could have just – he could have just said, oh, I'm not going to take any interviews or whatever. He came out and said, you know what, probably the wrong thing. I'll give him a call. And it is an interesting point that Matty makes, whether Wayne you know, brought that up because he is genuinely upset about not getting the phone call or, or was it potentially just to distract us all from the fact that the Dolphins still don't have that guy now? I feel like at least it dominated headlines for a couple of days there that Cam Munster didn't make that phone call. Maybe it was a bit of a distraction from the situation that they found themselves in. Oh, I mean definitely a part of that like there's no i mean look wayne often comes across as the guy that gives the media nothing doesn't really play the game look you don't become a coach for as long as he has be as successful with he as he has without being one of the most shrewd operators with the media because any coach should know this by now if you don't have the media on your side you're basically finished because you cannot afford to have you can't afford to have five bad games if, you, if the media is not on your side and then there's other coaches that have good relationships with the media and look it sucks the world's like this it sucks everyone should just say how they feel respectfully um and and that's the way we should do things but at the end of the day it is what it is 
So Wayne's a savvy operator. I'm sure part of it was frustration. I'm sure part of it was, put it this way, let's say he wasn't frustrated and he landed a bunch of other superstars. He probably just would have, he would have been frustrated with the, not receiving the phone call, but he probably would have just kept it to himself or maybe rang Munster himself. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think a mixture of everything for sure. Yeah, it, yeah, it is such a, a an interesting situation where the Dolphins do find themselves now, mate. I'm I'm genuinely worried about where they're at and where they're going to be come round one next year. And I think it's in the NRL's best interest and everyone's best interest for this franchise to be successful. But, mate, I, I keep trying to make a best thirteen out of the team they've got, and mate, I, I just I, I struggle to see a world where they're genuinely going to compete next year at the moment. Well, look, I've looked at their roster too. I would say they still have probably, you know, 12th to 13th best roster on paper. Um, and that's that's all considering, like, you know, O'Sullivan plays the best he can play. The, the, the forwards that are coming from the storm, they're not too old. They're not past it. They come out and they, they're really refreshed and, re, re, uh, what's the word, revigorated. Um you know they're really refreshed at a new club, and that's just what they needed was a, a new start of um, a new start. Uh, look, it's interesting as well because the other part of all of this is Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown are now sitting in this crazy spot. They're the premiership, like sorry, they made the grand final. Relatively young, definitely Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, 27, 28. All of a sudden, Para going, oh my god, Munster, why couldn't have you signed with the Dolphins? Because we wouldn't have had to worry about them now. Dolphins would probably pay a million dollars for Mitchell Moses, even though I think he's probably worth around a seven to eight hundred k. If you're the Dolphins, you probably have to do it, don't you, mate? I, I think if you got Mitch Moses for a million and you're the Dolphins, I think you've done well. Like mm. sure, like they've they've shown their cards over the last few months that they're willing to pay a monster one point four. You know that they've got the money there. I mean, simply by looking at their roster, you know that they've got the money there. Like it would be a whoever Mitch Moses' manager is, it would be a dream to get a phone call from them this week. Because you, mate, it, once again, it's similar to blank check sort of situations. If it's not me, who's it going to be? Yeah, and also you've got to spend the money. You can't just have it in a cap sitting there for no reason. Um, I will say also, you know, in Mitch, Mitch is, like a lot of people will immediately recoil at this idea of, of Mitch at the Dolphins, and you know, just for this, I don't, I don't get it. But when you actually look at the facts, he's taken a wooden spoon team to a premiership contender, and so. Like, that's actually something Munster hasn't done. Munster has been in a premiership winning team and then continued to be... Now, don't get me wrong. I still think Munster is the better player. But facts are the facts. Moses was in a wooden spoon side and he was just in a premiership. So maybe he could be the perfect fit for the Dolphins to help them rebuild. Like, I don't think that's getting considered enough. Uh, Man, I especially think when you look around the league at genuinely who they can sign, I think he is by far and away the best option now. I mean, I, I think that when you look at Moses and, and Dill Brown, we can argue all, all day over who's the better player. But I think at the end of the day, getting a a key and gun halfback to build a franchise around is more important than a, than a gun 5'8", in my opinion. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think I don't think Dylan Brown is what they need. I, yeah. I really don't. I, I think that they are desperate for a experienced leader in that key position. We'll put it, put it this way. Like, are you telling me that Mitch Moses can't play as well as Reynolds or Townsend on his day? Like, of course he can. And look what the the positive impact of those two have had, you know, the Broncos and Cowboys. So the, the Eels have just, they've, oh, talk about unlucky, far out. They must be shaking their head going, oh my God, geez. 
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. And I mean, when we have a look at Wayne Bennett, we look at the history of him and his coaching career, like the one thing he's been able to do consistently is get the very best out of aging forwards. So as much as I'm worried about this Dolphins pack, I mean, if he does manage to get the best out of your Kafusis, your Bromwiches, all the Mark Nichols, these sort of guys, which he's done time and time again, all of a sudden we're having a completely different conversation, especially if you can land a big fish in the halves somewhere. Yeah, well, at the, at the very least, like I, I personally believe, and, and look, I'm happy to say I'm wrong in, in 12 months' time, even if Bromwich and, and Kofusi and, uh, you know, Jesse Bromwich are at their, their best, I still can't see them making the eight. But that's, I don't think, I don't think them finishing anywhere from 10th to 12th, 9th to 12th, I think that's a good year. Like, I think that's a massive win if they could come out and finish 9 to 12. And I, that's, I agree with you in regards to Wayne has a tendency to get the best out of older forwards. And so if he can get the best out of them, I think they could rent. I, I'd probably still have them around 12th, but in a really good year, you know, maybe they do hit ninth or, you know, around the ninth or 10th mark. Mate, if they finish ninth next year, that is an incredible achievement. And that might sound crazy to people, but you look at other clubs in this competition and, you know, they, they, they've, they've been preparing teams for five, six, ten years and they're still not able to get off the, off the bottom of the ladder. If, if this Dolphins team comes in year one with the players that they've signed and the key positions that they're probably missing and manages to finish ninth, that's an incredible achievement. The, the Titans in their first year came 12th, in their second year came 13th, then they came third and fourth. So you, you consider that a very successful opening four years for a new team. And, mate, they, they were not far off being in a grand final. They got beat by mm. the Chooks that night in the prelim final of 2010, I think it was. Yep, that's right. Like, they, it, that was unbelievable. For them to be where they were at that point, and, I mean, could, could you imagine where, where the Gold Coast Titans would be now if they didn't have that two- or three-year really successful period? that made them really relevant there. I, I'm, yeah. I'm worried if the Dolphins are going to have that period, and if they don't, it's going to be very, very tough. Yeah, no, I agree. You need relatively early success. If you roll in and you come, you know, 15th or 16th, all of a sudden that half that was willing to to come to your club, the experienced one is going, oh, stuff that. I'm not walking into that again. And, and, mate, that's the hard thing. They're struggling to sign players now. Imagine if they come out and they collect two spoons in the first three years. Can I ask as well, yeah. should Rabbitohs fans be nervous that Cook, Latrell, Cody Walker still haven't re-signed? I, I cannot see Cody and Latrell going to any other club. Like, if they go somewhere, it'll be together. I can't see them leaving the Rabbitohs, though. They're so important to that community. You know, there is a, is quite a strong Indigenous following of, of the um, the Rabbitohs, as well as the rest of the Rabbitohs fans. But... That's just that's just that little bit of extra icing on the cake for those boys. They know that they're doing something special for you know their community, uh, you know the indigenous community, and I, I think that those two boys together are supposed to play rugby league together. It, I just cannot see them splitting up again. And I know we've complimented him all year, but credit to Jason Demetrio. He had Wayne Bennett leave his club, start a new franchise with all the money in the world, and Wayne Bennett's only managed to poach Mark Nichols. And Cody Nicarima, who arrived halfway through the season. You look at everywhere else Wayne has left when he left the Dragons and went to Newcastle. Bo Scott, Jeremy Smith, Darius, uh, Alex McKinnon. There was a stack of guys he took with him. Credit to Jason Demetrio. He's obviously building something pretty good there if all those guys are willing to stay there despite the big money offers that they, they would have got from t- t- to follow Wayne up there. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, you know what I think Demetrio did really well uh, with that? As I think he identified who the real leaders were in the team. Now, obviously, Cam Murray is the captain. But I think that he identified, look, if I want to win this playing group over, I need to have Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, and Damian Cook on my side. You know, Cam Murray is the ultimate professional. He is going to, under any coach, rip and tear. Um, whereas Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, and, and Cookie, they're, they're a little bit different, you know. Like that, like Cookie took a while to warm into his career. He needs confidence. And, and the same with Latrell. And, and Cody Walker needs to be happy off the field. And so I think Demetrio really identified the key people to win, to get on his side, knowing then the rest of the squad would come on his side. So, look, I will say, I do think there is a small, small chance that Damien Cook is offered too good of money to, to stay at the Rabbitohs. So I actually think if there is a chance of losing someone, it's actually Damien Cook. It's not Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker because the Rabbitohs can afford to pay, you know, Cody Walker seven to 800K. Um and Latrell Mitchell, a million dollars. And that's, you know, what he's probably worth. And I know some people will say, well, you know, we had that last game was a, a poor game for Latrell. It's like, okay, well, I'll pull up 20 other massive games where Latrell literally won it for him, including the the eight in a, the seven in a row or whatever that they went on. And, and not, um, Sorry, not only the money as well, the Dolphins could offer him a three-year deal, whereas we know that South may not offer an aging player such a long deal. And if Damian Cook wants a bit of security, be like Adam Reynolds, that could play a part in the Dolphins' favour too. And this is where it's also getting tough for the Dolphins. And I agree, I agree with you, Kenby. I think there's a real chance Damian Cook could end up there. But all these you know, established stars that they're signing, they're all over the age of 30. So then it lends you to think, okay, what does the Dolphins look like in three or four years? Because a lot of these guys won't be playing then. If they would have got themselves a monster, as much as it's only two years difference, him being 28... You know you can build around him for the next half a decade. And they're just, that, that's the other thing I'm worried about, that they're, they're signing established players that will lay really good groundwork, but then within two or three years, they're going to have to go out and find new stars. And that's when I think it's going to be even harder for them to, to attract talent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So just to cap it all off, I think Munster deserves to be commended. He took, what, about a $1.5 million haircut for this? Yep. I think, you know, we always get angry at players for taking the money. They get absolutely slaughtered, leaving clubs early, all that kind of stuff. And Cam Munster is known as a bit of a rogue. And, a, you know, I know he's cleaned his life up now, but he's known as a rogue and he's known as the guy that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily associate with loyal, willing to take pay cuts. It's usually the, the straight down the arrow country bloke or whatever it is, or, you know, or it's a you know, a Polynesian bloke that's loyal to his playing group where they've got a large group of Samoa, Tongan players or whatever. That's what you usually associate loyalty with in rugby league. Um, you know, for example, we're talking about uh, Latrell and Cody Walker. They seem loyal to that community. And so with Munster, he's such a, a rogue that I don't think he gets enough credit for the fact that he just took a $1.5 million pay cut. I, I think he deserves a bit of a rap for that. I really do. Yeah, for sure, and I think it's something that people will never talk about either, which is inc- incredibly unfair. It, it just won't be spoken about. Mm. Um, it, I mean, another one we associate loyalty. Look at Penrith, all those boys. Loyal as anything to each other. 
um, you know, Cam, Cam Murray is a guy that you would say it would look like a you know guy that you would put in that loyal box. Uh, whereas Munster, he's he's a rogue, and uh, any kind of rogue in the game, you just don't associate with with that kind of stuff. Which is, it just it proves that you know we should start. You know, rogues can be. <laughs> it sounds stupid, but rogues can be loyal. He literally just took. So what he would have got one. He's he's on about one million at the months. He's at one million dollars at the storm. Yep. So not only did he down, not only did he downgrade his current contract, he's also losing nearly half a million dollars a year. Um, so 400k a year, pretty much. Wow. I think he deserves a rap for that. I really, really do. Just like the Penrith boys deserve a rap. Just like the, the Rabbitohs boys deserve a rap for staying loyal. The, the Broncos of yesterday, the Roosters boys. I know Boyd Cordner and uh, Sean Kinney Dale, uh, Friendy. I know all those boys spoke to each other and and we're loyal. So I think Munster deserves a rap there. I really do. It is interesting too with this Melbourne Storm side. I mean, you look for, you know, when the big three was dominant, it was always fullback, halfback and hooker. Those spots were the same every year and it was musical chairs everywhere else. Your back row, your centres, your wings. Kind of looks like they're laying that same sort of um, groundwork down at the Melbourne Storm for the next few years. So it could be an interesting time. Uh, really, really interesting. Now it's just a matter of, I just think they need a couple of front rows probably. Yep. Um, Maybe a couple of front rowers and a benchy, and I think that they they are genuine, you know, a scary, scary side. They still are as it is, you know, with that spine. Anyone's going to, I mean, the fact that they have Grant, Hughes, Munster, and Pappenhausen on on multi year deals is is honestly incredible. Uh, now head on to our next uh, topic. Um, just before we do, though, guys, don't forget Bloke Nation shirts. They are still available at bloke.shop. We've got so many different uh, nationalities. Uh, in regards to the shirt nation that you can rep. I'm going to get them up for you so that you can get an idea of what we're going with here. You've got Aussie, Kiwi, English, Tongan, Samoan, Fijian, uh, Cook Islander, and the Cook Islander one is Cookie, uh, Lebanese, PNG, Greek, Italian, Indian, Spanish, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, French, Maltese, Canadian, Turkish, Chinese, Vietnamese, Filipino, Dutch, German, Sri Lankan, Macedonian, Chilean, Mexican, and Korean. So make sure to grab them, guys. Uh, honestly, it's my favourite drop. I'm, I'm literally wearing my Aussie bloke shirt right now while I'm overseas, and I, I love it. I love the fact that I get to wear it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 